Well, good morning. It's so good to see you guys. Thank you for coming and worshiping with us today. Happy Father's Day. Thank you for joining with us. We also want to welcome everyone watching online and across the world. And we want to give a special shout out to our Grayson Church. If you're uh, visiting with us or first time in a long time, we are one church in two locations. We have a campus right there in Grayson. Come on, can we get it for our Grayson campus? Yes. So good. Thank you for being there. Pastor Aaron and you guys, thank you so much. Uh, for being part of this series of family vacation. Man, I've been having fun with this. Hopefully you've been having fun uh, with this series. You know, there's a lot of titles that I have in life. I'm a friend, uh, uh, I'm a pastor, uh, I'm a husband, but one of the greatest titles I have in my life is being called a dad. I love being a dad more than anything else. I love my kids. Uh, all of them are so unique and different. If you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, how in the world did we have you? <laughs> like, where did you come from? You know, like my oldest son is like 6'1", 215 pounds. There is no one in our family. We're all hobbits, you know. There's no one like in our family like this tall. Like, where did you know, come from? And then my youngest son, he's like super smart. He gets that from his mom, not his dad, you know. I'm like, where in the world did these, you know, kids come from? My, 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 my middle son, I'm telling you what, that boy's going to be a preacher, man. I tell you, he, he can speak, he can talk, he can tell stories. And then my baby girl, you know, my baby girl, you know, she, she's just like the princess and the sprinkle on top of everything. So I, I love being a dad. I love being called dad. That's one of my favorite, favorite titles. And probably my favorite title of all is being a dad. And one thing when you have a bunch of kids, vacation can be interesting. Can I get a witness, right? Like, you know, when we had our four kids, no longer can we stay in a regular hotel room. We have to get a suite now. <laughs> we break code like everywhere we go. So when you go on vacation travel, you know, you have to, you know, plan this and prepare this. And if you're like my family, typically, this is just typically how it works out, is that mom does all the packing. You know what I'm talking about, moms, right? Your mom does all the packing. You got the check sheet. You make sure you have everything and you go through everything. We as dads like, I've got my stuff. And then all of a sudden they look at you and says, yes, but I have four more gremlins to pack for as well. You know what I'm talking about, right? And so mom usually packs everything. And then the older kids try to put it in the vehicle. And typically dad typically drives to the destination, right? Dads will drive to the vacation spot. At least that's how it seems to go in my family. And, and when, you, when you think about that, when you're planning for a vacation, if you're typical like me, you always are in a rush before vacation comes, right? The, like the last two days before you're going on vacation. You're making all the phone calls. You're making sure everybody knows what to do while you're gone. You're making sure like you forward all your emails. You make sure you put a hold on the mail so they don't keep delivering mail at your house, right? Some of you forgot about that one. You should put that one on the list. And you sit there and you make all these lists and you're always in a hurry and dads are always in a rush and you come in the night before you leave. You, you eat dinner. You ask how things are going and the house is a mess and chaos and there's toothpaste and toothbrushes scattered and hair dryers haven't been packed. And if you're like my oldest son, he still has a a luggage just for the 17 shoes that he has to take and you get it everything ready and then you go out to make sure the van's ready and so you go outside and make sure the van's ready and you realize that your kids meant well but they don't know how to pack a vehicle can I get a witness right they tried and they've argued who's going to sit at what seat because it's the best seat and they argue on it and they put all their stuff there and you as a dad realize they didn't so you take everything back out of the van and then you repack it all to make sure that it fits. Next thing you know, it's 1 a.m. 
And you've got to leave at 6 a.m. because you've got to beat the traffic. You've got to get to make sure ahead of everything and travel goes well. And so you get everybody up at 6 a.m. Everybody's half asleep, but they're a little bit excited. And they, they've already got their seat picked out. And, and nobody really just argues just yet, just yet, because they're still half asleep. And it's 6 o'clock and you, you roll out. And then you realize when you get down the road that uh, someone didn't fill the vehicle up. Come on, you're laughing because you know what I'm talking about, right? And you realize it's not full tank. But you know that if you stop, you wake everyone up, and this is the only peace and quiet you have in the entire trip, right? And so what happens, you begin to drive, and everybody goes to sleep on you. Oh, y'all don't believe me? This is a true story. Look, this is what happens. Everyone goes to sleep. Every single body goes to sleep. So this is my wife. She's out. She is out like crazy. My middle son, he's like, yep, dad, what's up? My baby girl behind me, you can't even see her. She's out. And then my youngest son's in the back. We call that the hobbit hole of doom. And so you sit there making sure nothing falls. He holds his hand up to make sure nothing falls on him. And then this is my oldest son. He's just out. This year, bro, I know you're watching up there at your friends at GSC. This year, bro, you're going to be driving, dad. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be out and you can drive now. Hello, that's what's going to happen, right? And so this ain't going to happen anymore. I'm going to wake him up. Dad has to be awake. You're going to be awake and talk to me. I just need somebody to talk to. You know what I'm saying? Just talk to me. I'll stay awake. I just need to stay awake. Or just turn on some 80s music. It works too, right? One of the two. And so, you know, and you, and you go, and normally dads really, I, I wouldn't stop because especially when we had a little one, you don't stop when they're asleep. You just hold it, right? You know what I'm saying? You just got to hold it until they wake up because you don't want to wake the little one up. But really, at the end of the day, a lot of times dads, us, we, even, we will keep on going anyway until we see the light come on. You know what I'm talking about, right? When it starts getting low on gas or when the light finally comes on, you go, can someone find a, you know, a, a gas station? And someone's looking, it's 30 miles away and you're praying, dear God, can I make it, right? Just get me to the next exit. But really a lot, if I want to be honest with when it comes to you, and this message will apply to every single one of us here today. If you're watching online, doesn't matter. It'll apply to every one of us. But I really want to speak to the dads. But the reality is for most of us are dads, we're running on empty. We're already running on empty. We don't even have to wait for the warning signs. You know and I know that we're running on empty, that we're about to run out of gas. And, and there's a lot of things that can contribute to that. There's a lot of things that happens, you know, in our lives for that. But for most dads, listen, we're running on empty. And you really do need a vacation. You really do need a vacation. And most of us, if, you, if, you're, if you're like me, you really don't go on vacation. You go on workcation because work never leaves you. You always got the phone call and you'll say, honey, just a second, I gotta get this text. I gotta answer this phone. There's a fire that you gotta put out over here. There's something that went south over here. And I'm just talking about me, I'm talking about for you. You know what I'm talking about. And they're like, I told, I told the office if they needed me to call me. And so just hang tight, I'll, I'll be right there. I'll, I'll come down, just hang it in. Before you know what you're sending some emails and you're back on the computer. And now three hours have gone and it's your vacation because you take work with you. If you're like me, I always plan around trips around where I'm preaching. So if I'm gonna preach somewhere, I'll stay a couple extra days, but really it's not a vacation because I'm working. I'm trying to schedule around. I'm trying to you know, be frugal and do the best you can. So you're trying to plan everything around, maybe a trip here or a conference you go there or you're preaching at this camp and you try to work your thing around, but really you're still working and you're still amped up and you're still got adrenaline running through. You really don't take time to slow down and take a vacation. And so here's some reasons that dads, I'm gonna speak to you again, applies to everyone. Here's some reason I believe that dad is running out of gas. And this kind of applies to uh, the family vacation theme that we're on. So just kind of hang tight with me. 
But I really believe this is the reason, some reasons that dads are running out of gas. A couple others would be like this. You know, we don't even start out with the full tank, dads. We're not starting out with the full tank. We're already running half empty or low. You know, instead of filling ourselves up, we automatically go as we are and we don't understand that. We don't take time to really, what does it take to fill yourself up? Taking time to refuel. In fact, do you know what's draining you? Dad, do you know what's really draining you in your life? Do you even know, are you even aware? Again, this applies to every single one of us, but what's draining things in your life? Do you know that? All of us have things that are draining us. What is it that drains us the most? What are things that take time from us or, or won't allow us to re refuel? Because dad, maybe the reason why you run out of gas is because you're not starting out with a full tank anyway. And you can do that. And I'm gonna share with you how to do that. Maybe for you, you're too busy. You're too busy to stop and to refuel. You're too busy to, to, to move forward. We're always running from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. In fact, a lot of times, guys, especially, we wear that as a badge of honor. Someone would see you out at the restaurant. Someone would see you out at a game. They ask you how you're doing. And the first thing dad would say is this, I'm busy. Man, life's busy. Work's busy. Things busy. It's good, but it's busy. And we wear busy as if it's a badge of honor. We want people to think we're busy because <laughs> what's the opposite? I'm lazy. <laughs> I'm just lazy right now, y'all dog. I'm just like really lazy right now. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't say that, right guys? Men just don't say that. We wear busy as it's a badge of honor to let people know that you're productive. Listen, you can be busy and still not be productive. And so a lot of times if you're not careful, we're too busy just to stop and refuel because we don't even know what's draining us. We're always going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Here's another thing. Maybe you're just unaware of the hidden leaks that's draining you. You know, we drop our van off and we say, hey, test everything on the van. Test the fluids, test everything. We're gonna go on a trip, make sure there's pressure in the tire. Check it out before we leave. Why? Because there could be something hidden that we don't see that we don't wanna wanna break down when we get down the road. There could be a hidden leak somewhere. Guys, listen, we all have them. They're called blind spots. And the blind spots we have, there's these leaks that in us, these hidden things that, that are draining us that we don't even know why we're, we feel the way. We don't even know why we're running out of gas because we think we're Superman and we think that everything, you know, we can do anything that comes our way. But the reality is there's things that leaks, there's things that drains us and we gotta figure out that what it is. You know, another thing is ignoring the owner's manual and pushing the car further, further than it was created to go. Well, what do you mean by that? A lot of times, some of us, we don't even know what we're trying to do. We don't know what our purpose is. There's a reason the owner manual says, here's how to take care, and this is what the car is for. But folks, listen, listen to me, guys. You have an owner's manual. It's called the Bible. You belong to him, and he can teach you, you know, how to run your life. And when things start getting out of whack in your life, what do you do? And how do you deal with it? See, we ignore this, and we wonder why we're running out of gas. When God, everything that God wants to speak to us is right here in his word that will help us and refuel us and revive us so that we could be everything that God has created us to be. We, we ignore the owner, owner's manual when really everything we need to know is right here. How to run your business, how to be a good boss, how to be a good employee, how to handle your finances, how to win in your marriage, how to, how to parent, like how to deal with the things in your life. The, the Bible's full of this, but listen to me, guys, we ignore it. We won't run to it. We ignore the owner's manual and we wonder why we're running on empty. Here's another one, guys, is we're always in a hurry. You ever notice people always in a hurry? Like they're always super fast paced, always in a hurry. Never taking time just to slow down, never taking time just for a moment. You ever notice that Jesus was never in a hurry? Everywhere he just walked. 
Of course, they had, they had no Uber driver, so he had to walk. But he just, he just walked like he was never in a hurry. He was never, they would say, hey, come on, everybody wants you over here. And he goes, I'm just going to go over here. He was never in a hurry. And he accomplished everything that God wanted him to accomplish. And so one thing for us is that we're always in a hurry. We're always in a rush. We always have to move from one thing to the next. And when you're always driving faster and faster, you're going to run out of gas faster. So you need to figure out how do you, how do you slow down? You know, another reason maybe being distracted and not watching the gauges. See, most guys don't know what the gauge is in their life. You don't know that limit until you crash, until you burn, until you have a moment where you have a breakdown, emotional breakdown. You don't understand a stress, anxiety, or depression. Like you're not watching the gauges of your life and saying, it's my warning sign. In fact, for me, this happened about 11 years ago. I finally found what my limit, I found, <laughs> I found what, you know, when I'm getting close to the limit, when the gauge and the RPM is about to bounce off the red, I, 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 I could say, hey, wait, wait, I need to slow down here for a moment. I know now my limit. I know my body limit now, physically, emotionally, mentally, and God will use those things to stretch you and to continue to grow. But instead of keeping on going, and burning out, you gotta find out what that limit is. And that becomes when you're doing a reality check by checking out what are some gauges in my life that I know when this gets here and this gets here, I need to back off just for a moment. I need to step back and refuel myself or, and be revived. But most dads, this thing about it, guys in general, we just don't look at the gauges. We just keep on going and going and going. And because of that, we get overloaded. And one of the biggest reasons, dads and guys, that you're running out of gas is because you have overloaded yourself. You're carrying burdens that you were never meant to carry. You're trying to do things that God never intended you to do. And you try to carry this over and over. And the more that you carry, the more you keep lying to yourself, I can handle this, I can get this, I can do this. The reality is the faster you will run out of gas, you carry burdens from work, that just comes with the job. You carry burdens for your family. You carry bur burdens with your marriage. You carry burdens with your finances. You carry burdens with your children. All these things, and all of a sudden, they stack up and they weigh you down and you're wondering why you're running out of gas. Listen, I'm tired of hearing the excuse, guys. Listen, I, I, I know and everybody's created differently and not, not everyone's the same, but typically, a lot of times, guys don't open up. They don't talk about how they feel. They don't talk about their emotions. A lot of time, that was due, a lot of it, honestly, how they were raised and what they were spoken to and what was said to them and what was spoken over them and now they think that's how they have to be and they never take time just to open up. Listen to me, guys. I'm telling you, as your pastor, one of the greatest things you could do is find someone you trust and just open up. Just get it out. Just share the frustration. Just share what's going on in your life. Share. Don't hold this stuff to you. And here's what happens. You'll, li you'll listen to a lie of the devil that says that people are not gonna think you're a man, man, if you gotta open up. Like, men don't cry. <laughs> well, you ain't been around me long enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I mean, dear Lord, like, what do you mean? Say, suck it up, son. Men don't cry. See, some of you have been told that your whole life, and now you don't know how to open up, and you wonder why you're burning out and it's affecting your marriage, it's affecting your parenting, it's affecting you at work. It affects you. Listen, I'm telling you, the greatest thing you can do, guys, is find someone you can trust and open up to them. Start to deal with the things in your past. Start to deal with the things in your life. If not, you will run out of gas and you will crash. And you've heard people all the time, it wasn't until I got to my lowest, until I turned around and looked my eyes to the hills and God brought me up out of the muck of the mire. I'm telling you, you don't have to get that low. Like there's things you can do to begin to get in position where you don't have to hit that rock bottom before you finally look up and trust him. 
begin to open up and talk about it. Because if you don't, this pressure will build up and you'll have the pressure to do it and do it now. When you accelerate faster and faster and faster, I tell my son this all the time, he's like, dad, I wanna get this, it's got a hemi in it, dude. It's like a V8. I'm like, no. You know how much our insurance would cost? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No. Like, you know how much gas? You gotta pay for that, bro. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you got, and I said, I tell him all the time, because my stepdad used to tell me this all the time. He said, he, he said son, I don't care how, how fast the car goes. I don't care how big the engine is. The speed limit is still the same. <laughs> and I would always say, but I know, but it's how fast you get to the speed limit, dad. You know what I'm talking about? How fast you get to it. And that's called an improper takeoff, and you will get a ticket for it because I did. Thank you, Warren Meadows, for teaching me that. You will get a ticket for it. It's called an improper takeoff. I looked at the guy, I said, it's a four-cylinder. It's still an improper takeoff. <laughs> okay, right. Yes, sir. That was a long time ago, testimonial days. Not this Sunday, not this past Sunday. Okay, and so pressure, you gotta do it and you gotta do it now. Because why? Because you're driven. Most guys are driven. Here's what I want you to know. There's nothing wrong with being driven. I'm glad you're driven to do something. But you must always ask yourself this question. What is driving me? What is driving me to do what I do? What's driving me to want to be the boss? What's driving me to want to have early retirement? What's driving me to get to the top of the line and, and make this much money or do these things? What is the drive? There's nothing wrong with the drive. It's good to be driven, but for what? And at what cost? See, I really think if you'll stop and ask that question, why do I want this? Why am I driven to do this? Why do I want to accomplish this? And there's nothing wrong with having great ambitions and doing great things. But you gotta get to the motive behind it, why? And what you may realize, it may not be for the right reason or it may not be the right thing. And if you do that, that will cause you to run out of gas. And lastly, real quick, is dads, we're bad for this, but we don't create any margin. We don't create margin in our life. You know, sticking with the family vacation, you know, theme or travel or whatever, you don't create margin for things to happen. There could be road work, there could be an accident. There could be an issue with the view, and we don't create margin in it. We don't think ahead, right? We, 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 we try to hurry and do things, and we, when things pop up in our life, we don't have margin to deal with it, and we're wondering why we're stressed out because most of us don't know how to say no. Most of us don't know how to say no. No, I'm not going to that. No, I'm not gonna do that. No, I just don't have time for that. I want to do that, but I'm gonna say, we say no to good things so we can experience the great things. And a lot of times, a lot of times, because, listen, I'm speaking to the guys here, we're trying to climb the corporate ladder, trying to get to this one place, you gotta figure out what's driving you. We end up saying no to our family, can't be at the ball game, can't go to practice, can't show up, can't take you to this place, because we're trying to achieve blank. And eventually we will achieve blank, and then we'll look around, and our kids are already growing up, and they're gone, and we'll wonder what happened. Because, Dad, you were so driven to get to, and you fill in the blank. Again, there's nothing wrong with that, but at what cost, and for what motive? And those are just some things keeping with this kind of travel and family vacation things that will drain you. And it doesn't matter, listen, if you're dad or not, no matter who you are here today, these things will drain you if you don't take time to figure out what is draining me and why am I running out of gas? So here's my question. How do you keep your tank full? How do you take time to fill up? And there's a verse in the Bible and I'm, it's a very famous verse. And if you've been around church before, I, I know you've heard this, but there's a, there's a verse in the Bible that I just want to, Read these verses and they'll walk you through this because there's a, there's a pattern here. There's a plan here. If you like to follow like one, two, three, four, five, there's some things you can do to continue to refuel your tank. So the Bible says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus says, come to me, 
All you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will, look what he says, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and I'm gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. And so what are some things that we can learn from this passage? If you're taking note, here's the first thing I would tell you to do, guys, is get riled up. You need to get riled up. You're like, what do you mean get riled up? You got to get riled up. That means you got to get mad. You got to get angry. Angry about what? Angry how you're living right now. You got to get riled up that the devil is trying to steal, kill, destroy, and take things from you. You're trying to get things. He wants to take, take things. You're trying to climb the ladder. He's trying to pull you off that ladder. And you got to get riled up until you get riled up to realize I'm no longer going to live this way anymore. I'm no longer going to allow these things to rob me of my joy. I'm no longer going to allow this to rob me from being with my family or my wife or my kids or waiting till once a year to finally trying to debrief, trying to stop for a moment and rest for a five day vacation somewhere. You got to get riled up and says, I'm no longer going to live like this. I'm no longer going to be like this. And you have to do this. I love it. It says, if you're tired of carrying your burdens, if, if all who comes to me, this is what he's trying to, this is a condition. If you'll come to me, I'll give you rest. And the only way you'll get to that point in your life is to you get riled up and says, I'm no longer going to live like this anymore. I'm no longer going to live out of gas. I'm no longer going to live with no margin. I'm no longer going to let this stuff control me. I'm no longer going to carry this burden that I'm carrying that I wasn't meant to carry. I'm no longer going to do it. Until you get to that point, you will not change. Until you know that you need to change, you will not change. And so I want you to get riled up and say, it's time to change. I'm no longer going to let the enemy rob me of joy anymore. I'm no longer going to get robbed out of gas, run out of gas anymore. I'm going to keep doing everything that God has called me to do and wants me to do. But until you get riled up, until you get fed up and say, that's it, enough's enough. I'm tired of running out of gas and coming out home and taking it out on my wife. I'm tired of running out of gas and coming out home and taking it out on my kids. I'm tired of being so stressed to the max at work and so stressed that I don't have time to do the most important things in life with my family or friends or what it may be. I can't do that for you, but you can. And that comes today when you says, today's a day I am no longer gonna live like this anymore. I'm gonna make changes to my schedule. I'm gonna make changes to my calendar. I'm gonna make changes to my rhythm. I'm gonna make changes to what I do. And I'm gonna start becoming the husband, the dad, the friend, the work, the coworker, the boss, whatever it may be that God wants me to be. Until you get riled up, that will not happen. And so today, you have that choice. Today, you get to change. Today, you could become that person. Here's the second thing, and this one's the big one. He says, come to me, which means this, we need to come to Jesus. We really need to come to Jesus. Have this moment when we come to Jesus. And a lot of times, guys, this is kind of when you come to Jesus, right? When you give your life to him, and then every now and then when you pop in for church on Sunday or watching online. And that's kind of becomes your Jesus time. You really don't dive in the word yourself. You don't study the Bible for yourself. And then we hide behind things like this. Well, I'm just not really smart, man. I don't, even, I, don't, I, don't, I don't read well. I don't know how to read that good. Or it's hard for me to comprehend and study. And we get behind those lies and those excuses. Not no more. 
There are hundreds and thousands of translations that help you to understand the Bible. There's, there's no reason whatsoever that any of us cannot get in God's Word and understand God's Word. Any of us, at any level, at any level. So we can't hide behind that anymore. Listen to me, sir. You need to come to Jesus. Because says, if you'll come to me, I will carry your burdens. If you'll come to me, I will take all that weight and all that pressure that you have off of your shoulders. If you will come to me. I love what Isaiah writes. In Isaiah chapter 40 says, he gives power to those who are tired and worn out. And I'm gonna be honest with you, most dads, that's you. Whether you show it or not, you may not show it because you may wanna walk around with the chest out and nothing's gonna get dad down. I'm a man, I can do this. But inside, you know you're dying. Inside, you know you're about to explode and you'll hold it in because you have no one to talk to. You're saying not emotional. That's a big lie. I see you at ball games. You're really emotional because you scream at the ref. I see you. You know what I'm saying? So don't say you're not emotional and you say, God, just don't talk. You scream and yell. I've heard you. You know what I'm saying? So don't say that. It's because you believe a lie that you can't open up. When you get riled up and you come to Jesus, the life that you've always wanted to live is just around the corner. And here's the crazy thing. You know what the crazy thing is? It's your choice. You get to choose it today. You get to choose it. Not no more am I going to live like this. I'm going to come to Jesus and it says, and he will give you rest. And this is something you need to do every single day of your life is come to Jesus. And the reason why we won't come to Jesus a lot of times for most of us is because of this third thing. And this is going to be the biggest one for you to do. This is gonna be the biggest one. If you're a dude in here, this is gonna be the biggest one for you to do. And that is to give up control. You've got to give up control. And most guys are control freaks. Most guys want to be in control. And you have to give up control. And that one is tough for most guys. They don't wanna give up control. They wanna be in control of everything. You think you can control everything. That's why he says, if you come to me, and then he goes on and says, and take my yoke upon you. Now, what's that mean? Now, there's all kinds of illustrations. If you've seen oxen before, and they have a yoke tied around them, and they yoke up with another ox, and they, and they go through the field, and, and they pull it. I, there's all these guys that Jesus is here with you, carrying your load, and I get that. I understand the picture that he helps carry you, but he wants to carry it all. So what does Jesus mean when he says my yoke? Well, we gotta go back to the first century. Yoke is a picture, yes, of what you think is around a beast or an animal's neck that they carry. But back in the first century, the yoke was the rabbi's teaching. And what Jesus is saying, all these Pharisees that put all these rules and regulation and rituals upon you that burden you down that you can't live, and most of us been there, right? That's why most of us quit going to church when we were younger, especially in our teenage and college year. But I can't be a Christian. I can't do all these do's and don'ts and regulations. And, and now I can't go watch that movie. I can't go listen to this music. I can't go, man, I just can't do this. I can't follow the rules. And what happened, all that yoke that the church put on you, all that teaching pushed you down and you realize I cannot do this, which is exactly why Jesus came, <laughs> because you can't do it apart from him. So Jesus says, and you take my yoke. What does he mean? My teachings, my ways. The ways of God is not gonna weigh you down. The ways of God is not gonna put burdens on you. 
as a rabbi that Jesus was, if you'll follow my teachings and my ways, you won't have this pressure and this burden upon you. Let's go back. Most men, most of us, we're carrying the yoke of the world what the world says success is, what the world says it means to be a man, what the world says it means to climb the corporate ladder, what the world says it means to be a dad, what the, and we got this burden on us, placed on us. Jesus says, no, wait, wait, my ways are different. If you wanna carry a teaching, if you wanna carry ways, carry my ways, carry my yoke. And if you do it my way, you won't run out of gas. And that's the biggest problem with most guys is that we won't, do it his way. It's my way or the highway. This is how I run my life. It's how I run my business. How I run my family. It's how I run my finances. It's how I do it. Nobody gonna come up here and tell me what to do. I'm a man. See, until you break that spirit, you will continue to run out of gas and you'll continue to hit walls and you're wondering why. When Jesus says, if you'll come to me and do it my way, the world says it like this. If you wanna be first, here's how you do it. Jesus says, in my kingdom, if you want to be first, here's how you do it. And if we'll just do it God's way, and it would change everything to do it his way, his purpose, the way he wants it for his kingdom. Psalms 55, listen what it says. Give your burdens to the Lord. And what does it say? And he will take care of you. And he will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Listen to me. Commit your ways to him. Give your burdens. God, I can't do this anymore. I can't run this company anymore. I can't, I can't, I can't lead the family anymore. I can't do this anymore. And he finally gets to the point going, finally, trust me to do it now. I yield to you. And he says, that's all I was waiting for you to do. Swallow your pride, give up control, and let me lead you. Let me help you. You know, Galatians 5 says, since we're living in the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit in everything we do. And most of us, we don't follow the Spirit. We follow our plan, our agenda, what we think is best, what we want to do, and not yield to the Spirit. But if you will yield to the Spirit, guess what, guess what, guess what, guess what? You will bear fruit. What kind of fruit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness. And if you were living in the spirit, walking in the spirit, and you have this love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness coming from you, how'd that affect your marriage, man? How'd it affect your parenting? How'd it affect you at work? Do you see that? We just have to yield and follow the spirit. We know this. We just don't do this because we want to be in control. The fourth thing is we got to learn to trust. We've got to learn to trust him. Okay, all right, I'm going to give up control. I'm going to learn to trust. And he says, if you'll learn from me, he says, if you'll learn from me and my ways and my yoke because I am gentle and I am humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. I'm so thankful that he says gentle and humble. Here's Jesus. A man speaking to us today saying, listen, if you'll be gentle and humble. <laughs> I can't stereotype every guy, but most guys are not gentle and humble, right? Because we want to be in control, so we got a little bit of pride there, right? We're not gentle because we think force, we think force is what does it, right? 
We gotta be, if I get loud, that's gonna make them pick up their clothes. It doesn't work, trust me. Right, right, it's force. Jesus said, no, no, wait, be gentle and be humble. That's my ways. And if you adapt that, you will find rest. Why would he say gentle and humble? If you think about it, because it's the antidote of the two most stressful things in our life. Gentle, what's the antidote to aggression? Most men are aggressive. And you just combat that. You think you gotta have this aggressive and you gotta, uh. But be gentle, not aggression. Gentleness is what accomplishment, not aggression. We believe it's aggression. It combats that. We don't wait, we don't pause, we won't consider. We go for it and get it. He says, wait, wait, just be gentle. Then he says, be humble. It's the antidote for arrogance. You have to be prideful. You have to control everything. Just be gentle and humble. He says in Psalm, the Bible says in Psalms 142, when I am overwhelmed, which seems to be like most dads, you alone know the way I should turn. There's where we have to learn to trust him. We have to learn to trust him. Here's the fifth one. Start every day by filling my tank. How do I get filled up? How do I refuel? Go to the owner's manual, your life manual, and get in it. A lot, five minutes. There's thousands of devotions out there, thousands of things, one verse. God, what do you wanna speak to me today from this one verse? I would not like flip through your Bible and go like this because, ah, trust me, you don't, especially in the Old Testament, you don't wanna do that. You do not want to do that one. It may not be good. It may not be good. So anyway, you know, don't, don't do that. But there's, there's all kinds of things that can guide you and help you. Just before I go to work, while I'm sitting there shaving, whatever it may be, just for a moment, take a moment, say, Lord, what do you want to say to me today? I'm going to trust you. Grab a devotion. There's thousands of them on your phone. Grab a verse. Go through a book in the Bible. Start reading and say, you know what? I'm going to read a little bit. I have to read a lot. Just a little bit. God, what do you want to say for me today? Start refueling every day by getting in God's word. Matthew 6, 6 says, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. And then lastly, if you want to stay refueled, you got to stay connected. You need to stay connected to my church family, to your church family. You need to stay connected in fellowship. You need to stay connected to the body. And this one's one right now that's <laughs> all over the place. We're kind of coming on the post-COVID hills of stuff. Things are starting to somewhat be semi-normal. And last year, well, there was hardly any connection. There was engagement. We provided Sermons, you can watch sermons all over the place. People watching four or five sermons on Sundays. You can sit at home and watch it. Some of you right now, you're traveling, you're on vacation, you're at home and you're watching this right now. We're glad through technology that we can engage with you. But I didn't say you need to stay engaged. I said you need to stay connected. And you don't stay connected just behind a computer or on the phone. God made you to be connected to each other. We need each other. 
One thing we all learned coming up last year is that we need each other. We need people in our life. We need to be around people. We need fellowship with people, not to be isolated. And for most guys, they isolate themselves. And listen to me, if you isolate yourself, the enemy will assassinate you. He's a lock a lion, roaring, seeking. Which one got off on their own? Which one's away from the herd? Which one is by themselves? Which one is over there thinking they can do it on their own? He wants to steal and kill and destroy your life. And if you isolate yourself, he will come at you with a vengeance. And if you wanna stay fueled, you need to stay connected to the family of God. I am so thankful through technology we can be engaging each other, but we gotta be connected to each other. And that's in through groups, that's in through you guys having a man's group, getting together with some guys and say, guys, we're gonna be in group. And we're gonna make a pact with each other that listen, there's things that we can talk about and we're not gonna judge each other. We gotta get this stuff out, why? Because we wanna be the men that God wants us to be. We wanna be the dads that God wants us to be. We wanna be the boss that God wants us to be. We wanna be the owners that God wants us to be. And if you'll yield to that, I'm telling you what, it's so different from what the world says and God will use that. And he'll begin to lift these burdens that you carry and the weight that you carry. He says, finally, now let me lift through you. Let me breathe through you. Let me reach people through you. And then I will come and I will give you, watch this, an abundant life, John 10, 10. A full life. See that? A full life, not an empty life, not a dead life, not just I'm trying to make it till I get to 65 life. A full life, which literally means a surplus. The enemy wants to take from you, still can destroy it. Jesus wants to give you an abundant life, a full life, which means this, with Jesus, even though if the enemy takes something from you, with Jesus, you'll still have enough. You'll still have a surplus. We like to call that the better life. The better life is not an easy life. In fact, it's a hard life. But with Jesus, no matter what I go through, makes my life better. And that's what the better life is. And honestly, most guys, you're looking for something better. And his name is Jesus. And he will lead you and guide you through anything that comes your way. I'm gonna ask if you would to bow your heads. I know I was speaking directly to mostly dads today, but that applies to every single one of us in here. Ladies, let's just face it, you're running on empty too. You're a mom, you're running, you're working, making sure that everything's going right in the house, keeping everybody running in the right direction, making sure things are done, gets done. You know that applies to you too, ladies. Is your tank empty? What refuels it? What are you trying to control? See, this applies to all of us. And I pray today that the Holy Spirit will just take one or two things. And I know I, give a, I gave a lot of things out, but just take one or two things that you'll grab a hold to and say, you know what, I need to change this. I need to take control of this. I need to let go of this. I need to say no to this. Because here's the reality. Today, you get to choose. 
as Joshua said, today for me and for my family and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. You get to make that same choice. Today for me, here's how I'm gonna run my business. Here's how it's gonna be now. Here's what I'm gonna say no to. Here's how I'm gonna refill my tank. You have the power to choose that today. And I pray you choose to come to Jesus because he will lift those burdens that you carry. And one of the greatest ways to do that is to give your life to him. The Bible says this, if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, he will save you. No matter where you are watching this online, listen to this at the gym, in person, at our Grace and Church, doesn't matter. Wherever you are right now, you can give your life to Jesus. Just call on Him. Call to Him. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me, you died for me, and you gave your life for me, and today I repent of my sin, and I turn to you. Tell Him. And He will save you. And he'll take the biggest burden off your back. And that is your sheer sin debt that you can never, ever, ever repay. You can't earn it. You can't work it off. There's nothing you can do. And he will take that debt off of you. And you will move from being an enemy of God to being in the family of God. I pray that you chose to do that today and you, gave, you would give your life to Jesus today. Father, thank you so much that we can come to you when we're overwhelmed and most of everyone here is that when we carry burdens and weight that we're not meant to carry because we're trying to do all things become all things reach all things get all things and miss the best thing our family and time with you so Holy Spirit I pray you will speak to us show us the areas of our lives that we need to step back and evaluate. I pray that for everybody in here, especially men, that you'll give them the power and the courage to open up, maybe to their spouse, to someone, to begin to talk about the weight and the burdens that they carry so that we don't isolate ourselves anymore. We love you, Jesus. And it's your name we ask and we pray. Amen.